Hey everyone, welcome to the Big Fitness Show, episode 17. Today we're going to teach you how to train to be a professional wrestler. Here's yeah. the first bit of advice I give that we gave off camera. Uh, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Take care. That's the show. We're done. <laughs> Oh, that's great. No, that's perfect. That's, that's all we need to do. I mean, that's the best, the basics for, for training to be a professional wrestler. Uh, don't at first. <laughs> and then after hearing us say degrees, don't uh, money in the bank, all this starts, no pun intended is yeah. literally what you should have before you even consider it. I, I started when I was 19 and if I knew any better back then, I probably wouldn't have done it, but I have my current co-host and also current active professional wrestler Ooh, like mike burns also known as mason beck he's a movie star he's an active <laughs> pro wrestler gives moves to people that i wouldn't even take even when i was 19 years old so <laughs> i've never taken yes. that razor's edge i don't know i don't, I don't want oh, to really now, but i've never yeah. taken it i'm sure scott yeah. hall's wanted to give it to me a few times but i've never taken it well, yeah, I mean, I do a mix of a, a razor's edge and a jackknife. So it's, it's, it, I get them up like a razor's edge, but then I power bomb them like a jackknife. And so it's, it's a little different. It's, it's a bigger bump than what uh, the razor's edge was. Cause a lot of times the razor's edge, he's coming down with it. And it's more of a, like a, like a uh, forward bump where this is a, I launch them as high as I can get them and drop them down. And it's, most guys are like, I was up there a while and but the bump's not too bad it's just a regular so you're saying like you throw <laughs> the arms up and then their legs come forward and you give them a regular power bomb yeah a lot of times i don't i don't grab their legs i just i, I set them up like a razor's edge and then pop them up as high as i can get them and let them take their own bump on the way down very rarely do i grab their legs and finish it off it's more of a just like a throw kind of like the, the kind of like the jackknife where he just let them go you know it's not like a uh no, I don't. I never do it like Batista does it, where he friggin' slams them down. It was just a friggin' put them up and let them fly and take their own bump. So nice. Yes, yeah. I'm still. Was, I don't know. Maybe next year I'll take it. About a year, eighteen months from now. <laughs> yeah, I I did a match a couple weeks ago with a kid that had never taken the bump before, and I said, just it's just a regular bump. And I saw a picture. I'll have to send it to you. But the picture, he like put his arms down um, and they were like, instead of the flat back, you know, like yeah. he had him down to brace himself. And I'm like, I just don't know how he didn't break his arms on the bump, but whatever. it's hard to, you know, and then some people look back and do that stuff. I watched, uh, I did one of the match breakdown or actually uh, finish breakdowns. And when Punk gave Juice Robinson that go to sleep, which basically you're taking it on your feet and then just falling back, mm -hmm. dude, he put his arm back. I circled and used arrows because dislocated shoulder dislocated elbow torn bicep and tricep broken wrist broken fingers even your neck you can break it if it if it if you're all con contorted um it's a scary bump but but then again too there's a lot to be said like for him doing that as opposed to there's guys that want to throw their legs over their head and land like omega did on the tiger drum. Sure. <laughs> so you you can't like people are always trying to reinvent the wheel. And I think that's one of the things about training to be a wrestler. We'll you know, never get back into is the wrestling schools have not, they've taught the fundamentals, but I don't think they emphasize that this business is all about the fundamentals. Mm, business sure. is all about number one, never getting hurt or as little as possible. And even more important on one, one, a one B the one a is do not hurt your opponent. 
one B is do not get hurt yourself. And then the opponent, you they swap it and don't want to hurt you and also don't want to injure themselves. But I think in wrestling schools now, it's literally like, who is the realest fighter of all that can get in the ring and do it the most real? Sure, sure. Yeah, unfortunately, it has gotten to that point where it has to, the guys have thrown out the fundamentals and the safety behind it in the, for the the search of of getting the gifts. And so all the kids want to have the the gifts on, on Twitter with the move sets. And so, but like there is, there is still a lot of, uh, I know one wrestling school specifically that focuses on the fundamentals the black and brave wrestling school. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that they have a very fundamental based, uh, training. They have a program that they do for three months and it's very, very basic, uh, fundamental stick to the basics. Cause I, those are all the kids that I work with are, <clears throat> trained by black and brave. And so I go to one promotion and I wrestle those guys and they're all trained in the fundamentals. And so they totally understand the fundamentals. And so when training to be a pro wrestler, fundamentals are key. There's no well, doubt that, about that, it. That wrestling school too. I think a lot more have them, but when I started, I was lucky to have, um, I'm luck. I was lucky to have a gym connected to the wrestling school. That was like, mm. that never happened. Then then wrestling schools over the years kind of were like, man, we got to at least be in a gym or have workout equipment because that's going to be the main crux of what we're talking about in episode 17 today is basically how you can physically prepare. And this can be used, obviously, honestly, this can be used if you're going into the service too, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and you got to take the boot camp. You can train similarly if you're getting ready to train in wrestling schools because it's essentially a boot camp. It's meant to make you vomit and throw up. It's meant to push you physically, cardiovascularly, and even pain threshold uh, yeah. to your limit. So we'll talk about it the way we broke in and probably really focus on the actual workouts you can do and the way you can do them in order to prepare yourself. Yeah, and I think that's a good point that you just made, that this conversation with uh, – some of our listeners might not resonate, might not be wrestling fans, might not wanting, might not want to be uh, breaking into the wrestling business, but for our fitness minded and people who are listening to it for fitness tips and how to live healthier every single day. I think this translates to any type of thing that you're getting ready for, you know, when you're getting, when you're training to be a professional wrestler, it's a little bit different uh, than other sports, but not really, you know, it, it, there is one thing to ring shape, but there is just a, a regular base of shape that, that you're, fitness level that you're going to have to have to get started and then the in-ring work and, and practicing that is what gets you in the in-ring shape but it's there's a certain level of base fitness that applies to everybody no matter what it is that you're training for to get ready for so it's this so bear with us in this conversation if you're not a wrestling fan or not interested in breaking into the business <laughs> yeah but i do think we were talking about it and it seemed like it was going to be like really niche, but I don't think it is. I think if you're no. preparing for anything, if it's a Spartan race, if it's, you know, marathon, if it's other things, there's certain mental uh, mindsets you have to have for all those. They could be separated, but also the, like you said, there's a foundational fitness mm -hmm. that's involved with that. And I think what we're going to talk about too is more importantly, I think more importantly, because it's scary enough as it is, more importantly than, than getting in the shape while you're going to wrestling school and getting your wind up, I'd like to see somebody get prepared for four to six weeks to actually start training at wrestling school. Right. Because well, right. it's like boot camp. And once you're in boot camp, you're trapped. You're done. Sure. Once you made a commitment to be a wrestler, which a lot of people drop off in those first 
one, two, three, or four weeks. Um, it's going to be painful. It's going to be a lot of pain management. It's going to be a lot of recovery and rehab, even, even from workout to workout. And you're going to still have to hit the gym. That's the reality of any physical thing that you're going to do, whether it's sports entertainment, or in this case, sports and entertainment wrapped in the one. Sure. Sure. Yeah, no, you're spot on with that. What was it like when you were when you were breaking in and the the fitness and the approach for all of that. I mean, I, I, I have an idea of what it is now. I know what it was for me, but you started a little bit sooner than I did. So a, a little bit <laughs> sooner than I did. So what, uh, <laughs> what was it like yeah. for you when you broke in? I got to go way back. Uh, 1991, <laughs> 1991 is when I trained uh, to be a pro wrestler. What happened was, and this is, this is also, I guess, proved to certain people even early on that I was willing to do, ethically willing to do anything that I could to, sure. to kind of like learn and move forward in the business. I had a pretty decent job closer to my house. Didn't have a car. I was only 18, 19 years old. Uh, but I took a job that was much further away at a Honda dealership as a lot man. And people may not even know what a lot man is, but basically you put the license plates on cars, you bring cars around you take cars off the truck you get treated like shit by everybody who works at the dealership. <laughs> that's your own. That's your main job is getting treated badly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. Cause I was a kid. What did I know? But sure. there are very few people and especially car salesmen and dealerships or back then were not, not the Well, maybe that prepared me for wrestling. Cause it wasn't really the best of the best as yeah. far as ethics. <laughs> I had, I had experience before I stepped in, but sure. I took my job at the Honda dealership because it was near Frankfurt and Tyson in Philadelphia. And that's where CFI gym was. And that's where the Tri-State Wrestling Alliance wrestling school was. Ah, okay. But my thought was that, yeah, they had their training at 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday or Monday, Wednesday, for whatever days of the week there was. But if I could join that gym to work out and also sneak in to get more ring time when before work, after work weekends when the school wasn't open and that's what i did and i brought friends who weren't even really trained themselves to really try to bump me around and do whatever and that Mm -hmm. that accelerated as i was going to wrestling school too um as far as breaking in people are probably going to be like god they don't do that but there was a time where they would just ask you from day one do you want to be a wrestler and you'd say yes and they would either hit you very hard, punch you in the face, or get you in the ring, blow you up, start doing the Hindu squats, stuff like that. Or they would all just keep you in a corner and chop the shit out of you. Mm. I don't know if awesome. any of this existed in your time, but no, they really, <laughs> really, it wasn't as bad as the generation or era before me. That was literally like Al Snow's generation of, we're going to stretch you and hurt you and do everything mm-hmm. we can the famous story of Hulk Hogan getting his leg broken. Sure. It's an instance of, yeah, you want to be in the business. You're a big, you know, bodybuilder or whatever. We're going to stretch you. We're going to shoot on you. We're going to hook you. We're going to break your leg. We're going to do all that stuff. I was in the watered down version of that. Of We're just going to bully you and beat you up and try to make you not want to be here anymore. But I kept showing up. Hmm dummy <laughs> well, I know. okay so i wanted to be a doctor of that 
Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you got to do both. <laughs> Be a wrestler and a doctor. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the oh, pain isn't reflected in TNA, but yes. I no. <laughs> oh, that's what about you? So, well, you? so when I when I was uh breaking in, I like there was no I didn't go to a formal wrestling school. Like I was trained by Danny Daniels, but I, I didn't go to a formal school because they just didn't have a formal school in the Midwest at the time that was close enough for me. I think there might've been one or two in Chicago um, that was like an actual school, but that was four hours away. And so there was just yeah. no way it was going to And the only other one too that was famous was the Eddie Sharkey up in Minnesota, which was probably even further away from you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Way further. And I, at the time I was in college when I started. And so we would go and we would drive and I would, I would drive about an hour and a half to the quad cities and we would train in the quad cities. And, uh, that's where we would set up the ring. But as far as like the fitness to train for it and stuff like that, I was in, in college on a track scholarship. So I was in shape, you know, I wasn't, a, I was a, a thrower. So I threw the shot put in discus and wait a minute, you were in college and had a track scholarship and then you want to train yeah. To be around. Who's the, yeah, you're a dummy too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hit it for my track coach for a while. Um, and, uh, I don't know that he ever found out that I was training while, uh, while practicing, but I didn't care. Uh, I wrestling was my love. I mean, I love track and field and I love throwing and stuff, but wrestling was, was it for me. And so, so I, I would go, but there was, so the, the training for it, you know, obviously I just basic training, basic fundamentals. Danny taught us basic fundamentals. Didn't go uh, into like super crazy spots or anything like that. Cause he was, he, you know, was, was big on fundamentals too. Um, but as far as the physical fitness part of it, there wasn't like much of a routine. Wasn't, wasn't much of a regimen to try to do it. I was in shape because I was on the track team. And so I didn't really need to do too much other beyond what I was uh, doing. The one thing that I didn't do enough of was the cardio because the cardio that like we could get blown up real easy and I could get blown up and I didn't learn. I didn't know how to pace myself in the matches and stuff like that. So I would get blown up real fast, but I was super strong. And so there was a difference in the training. I was training to be really strong. And so I was strong and that helped me in the ring, do cool stuff and whatever. Uh, but yeah, I didn't have any of the, the bullying or anything like that. I, the only, only thing I can remember uh, breaking in with bullying, just to go off on a tangent for a second, was my first ever match about 20 years ago. When I got done, I had to walk through like a line of getting chopped by a few guys, you know, and none of them had been, only one of them had really like been officially trained and it was his idea to chop us all. Uh, so when we got done with our match, I just had to do the little chop thing. Of course, the tough guy, no sold at all. <laughs> I, so with your track scholarship, what's interesting about that is if that were today, I don't know about back then, but you, you took a real chance on getting like that thing pulled and having, having free college taken away. Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a full scholarship, so it was only a partial scholarship. Not that that's, and it, I say scholarship because it sounds really cool, but it really wasn't that much money. And so I wasn't going to be, I wasn't, it wasn't like I was risking a lot of money because division one track at Western Illinois university, the track team, the men's track team didn't have a lot of scholarship money to work with because the school just didn't have as much. It's not like we were a big 10 school or something like that. So the, they tried to divvy out the scholarship money 
to as many people as they could. So it wasn't like it was a lot of money uh, that was in jeopardy. But yeah, I suppose now I could have potentially risked losing the scholarship. I mean, if coach would have found out, uh, there's very real chance they could have pulled my scholarship. But luckily, I kept it secret. <laughs> I'll tell you about a, a chop story. I was in a battle royal that was like near my home. Like, and I wasn't one person. I went, even back then, I never said, Hey, this is my neighborhood or I have family here. From day one, I never had family or friends or anybody go to matches or at least didn't let the, the, the promoter or my bosses know because you know what happens then. It's time to humiliate you and your hometown. But I remember, like, and this, this could be a, this could be a bigger message to people out there. And like, hopefully you're getting what we're talking about. We're going to get to the actual workouts and the things that we regret when we started that we didn't do. Like you said, cardio, I have even mm. more regrets than that. But I was in a battle royal. I think they said that the chop count was anywhere between 53 and 63 chops. They kept me in that ring and they chopped the living hell out of me. And they were, and this wasn't like a heat situation. It was just, the story of my life of never really fitting in with sure. a crowd, never fitting in, having an energy. And then people, this is like maybe 15, this after I already went to WWE, so they're talking about maybe 20 years later or more, that some of the people in that battle royal who are, some aren't with us anymore because it's wrestling, but the people that are still with us, they would say to me like, wow, you know, we remember sitting there and you just had a different energy about you. You didn't fit in with us. It wasn't good or bad, but because everybody in the locker room and especially the bullies that are just looking for people get into wrestling or those kinds of things sometimes just because they think they have an open license to bully people and mm. impose their will or do whatever because that's all they've ever been. It makes you more of what you already are, just like money. So. Yeah this person or people, a few people had said, we, we noticed there was a different energy about you. We were all kids. We didn't know what it was, but it, it just, for some reason, pissed the truly evil bullies off to an extent. Talk about faith off camera, talk about other things, sure. <laughs> there's certain things that make people so uncomfortable that they feel like they need to destroy it. Sure. So it's just funny, even years and years later, when those people that did that to me, try to act like they're they were always my friend and they they tried to help me and and i don't say anything because what what needs to be said at this point i led by example did my thing took my chances made my mistakes but it's just funny that you're gonna and then the, the point of the whole tangent that i'm saying is you're going to encounter especially if you stand out even if you don't even know why or how at the time if you stand out and you have something special to offer the world do not let people take that gift away from giving it to other people amen because if i let that happen dude and it trust me i was i was crying that night and i thought that everybody hated me and i thought i just want to do good and i never did anything to like intentionally make anybody mad you don't know what's going on as a kid and sure. that could be enough to divert you into the safe route of that factory job, which by the way, it's real work and I'm not yeah. putting down real work. It's harder than anything I've done in my life. One sure. day in a factory, I've worked one day in a factory. That's real work sure. compared to what wrestling or what we do here. So the end of my tangent is just basically 
you're going to get chopped 53, 63 times in a day, figuratively or literally in my case. <laughs> don't let that deter you from living your dream. And don't leave. We joked in the beginning. Don't let us even jokingly deter you if you want to be a pro wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. And the the joke in the beginning is just that. It's a joke because uh, clearly both of us wouldn't have the relationship that we have. We wouldn't be friends. We wouldn't have any of this if it wasn't for professional wrestling. So it's a great thing if you want to do it do it just make sure you want to do it and that you're not going to give up because oh you can't half-ass that trust us you talk about you know here's i'll go i'm going to put it back to you um people are tired of hearing me talk (laughs) even my voices no you're the draw remember so no no, i I can just draw stick figures that's all (laughs) um but i want to get back to it because i think it's actually right directly in line and then plan to bring it up but if you reminded me I really want you to tell the story once again, because we're talking about being prepared for wrestling school. Mm. You had trained, you had worked out, you were an active wrestler and you had your opportunity to go to the performance center and try out. Yeah. And we're going to speak about this because I want you to really write that wrong in your mind and heart someday. And I'm going to keep bringing it up, but you were what you say, woefully unprepared for the ring shape and the conditioning part of a job that you trained all you, you dreamed of basically all your life mm-hmm. to have. So just yeah. talk about that again. Please. Yeah. With, with, when it great. comes to the, yeah, you know, with, when it comes to the training for professional wrestling piece of it, like it's not just the in-ring stuff that's important. It's, it's the training, it's the shape, it's the trust that people can have. And I think that's part of the reason, like any wrestling school and I, and to, to, to give a little context here, I had a tryout with WWE. It went down and I embarrassed myself. I did not show up in the shape that I needed to be in. And, you know, I, I saw, I posted a, a thing about that and people said, How, is it really that important to, if you're in the ring, if you can work and you can tell them a good story, why is it so important to blow you up? And it's not fair, right? Like, and as a big guy, I mean, I'm six, five away, 275 pounds. I'm not going to be working like a cruiserweight, right? So do, it does my cardio really need to be like that. To a certain extent, I, I kind of think, yeah, it does, because you're in the ring trusting the other guys in the ring with you are trusting that you're going to keep them safe. And so you got to have some level of fitness to keep that person safe. And to, the strength was never a problem. The cardio has to be a thing. And so there is kind of that feeling out process. But it's also depending on the school that you go to. Uh, I don't, I haven't had a WWE tryout in a long time, but depending on the tryouts that you get to have to further your career, you got to show up in shape. And if you show up and you're not in shape, you're immediately cutting yourself from what you want to do. And so any type of training, the, it's super, super important to make sure that you're, you're doing, covering all your bases. And for me, when I, when I showed up to that tryout, I wish that I would have trained harder on the cardio piece of it, because the cardio is a couple things. It's going to help you perform better in the ring, but it also creates a better confidence too. So like during the tryout, when, when I was getting blown up or whatever, if my cardio was better, I would have had a little more confidence. I would have represented myself better. I could have carried myself better in the ring. And then if your cardio is even is better for in-ring stuff, you can do more of the extra because people don't, you know, like to get into the weeds of matches and stuff, the extras can blow you up too, if you're not in good shape. And so like, when you're selling, uh, if you're taking the heat and you're selling and you got to do the extra stuff, if you're the heel and you're beating somebody up and you're playing to the crowd, that yelling and screaming, it blows you up after a while if your cardio is not in shape. So the 
the thing that I wish I would have just done differently. And I, this has kind of been a recurring theme my whole career. It's a lot better now because I'm in better cardio shape now is I just wish that I would have showed up with, with better cardio and people don't realize how important that is for moving in the ring and then picking people up and doing all the things and how fast your cardio can get blown up if it's not good. Well, there's a, there's a big safety element. Like you just said, protecting your opponent and protecting yourself, but really I think it's no different than boot camp because you need a particular mindset. And in wrestling, you need to find your multiple gears for the match. For yeah. example, I know we're going deep dive into wrestling, but if you want to train to be a wrestler, you have to understand this. Some people think, even with experience, that, well, it's easier to be a baby face because I can just sell during the heat and then I can save my energy for the comeback. Sure. <laughs> if you're a really good heel, you're going to expend just as much energy selling during the heat because you're fighting back constantly. Part of the thing, reason why heels are usually more experienced is because they can tell, fight back, fight back, mm -hmm. stay alive. Because the first thing you want to do when you blow up is just lay there, suck wind and become, become a, a mummy on yeah, the ground. For sure. <laughs> but then you got to, but then there's so much more to it. Like people can see it on your face when you're blown sky high. People can see it on your face when you're sucking air. And then also there's the mental aspect with the psychology. You're thinking like if you think there's a moment that you're not thinking and not talking and communicating and doing different things and then trying to figure out how you can do all those things without the camera catching you or the person in the front row that'll be enough to, to wind you and blow you up the mm -hmm. stress of that. So, so wrestling school, even if you showed up and you were shredded, they're still going to blow you up and they're still mm -hmm. going to humble you. And they're still going to break you in to make you realize it's not easy. And there is a certain amount of credibility and legitimacy to what we do. Totally. You have totally. to respect that. And that's, that's why I think there's always those things only you can find them on YouTube. Those people that come in and start throwing the fake forearm on their friend's shoulder saying they want to be a wrestler <laughs> or the Saturday afternoon birthday party. Elder, yeah. <laughs> you get the wrong guy in there. It takes him way too serious. He's going to start stretching 12-year-olds. <laughs> which I think will be a great comedy skit for your YouTube. Oh, God. <laughs> be awesome. Yeah. Pre Prenatal wrestling school. <laughs> so pregnant women that train to be wrestlers. How's terrible. that for a fetish? <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I'm sure there's some wrestler that's into that out there. Uh, maybe. <laughs> that's it. I mean, you know, I, I wanted to bring that up because I still really, truly believe that you are going to have that next opportunity and you're going to make so much more out of it. And if for nothing else, it'll give you the closure that you deserve. Sure. You don't beat yourself up about that. But I think, yeah. you know, I think for your brand also, it will very much help to prove that supplements from X endurance, your training principles, what you're going through now with the challenge, all that mm -hmm. stuff. We may even have a big fitness show challenge. We talked about that. Yeah. yeah. That. So stay tuned, everybody. We're trying to, trying to take the sucker off. I mean, I've had 10 episodes without a spine infection <laughs> trying to kill me. So it's all upward from this point on. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. There's, uh, one day it will, I'll, I'll write that, that wrong in my life and 
cardio will be at the key to making it better. So let me let me ask you a question. And we're going to team up one day once my spine feels. <laughs> Spoilers, dude. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> oh, you don't even know what I'm asking for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so probably oh, happen. <laughs> Go ahead, though. Okay, so no, I was just going to bring us back to the 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 training aspect because I'm I've always been curious about this, and I have a general idea of of what you did over the years. How did your training for wrestling progress from when you started to then ECW days to WWE days to then TNA days? Like, how did that progress over the course of your career? I want to say this too. We will compliment each other on this. I was fine with the cardio stuff in the beginning before I started wrestling school. I wish I had hired a personal trainer for six weeks. Mm. show me how to properly resistance train and to put me on a program that could even throughout school, I didn't have any money. I was dirt poor and homeless half the time, but I, I really, I really didn't have the body. So I think what happened is in that battle Royal and other places was he doesn't look like a pro wrestler, mm. which they were absolutely right. He's too skinny. And we're just going to have to beat the hell out of him until the, maybe he puts some meat on his bones or his body. Yeah matures but that's what i wish i did and then weightlifting and building muscle has always been a struggle for me as opposed to cardio sure. so i've always been skinny to skinny fat and then sometimes i gain weight but it wouldn't look well so throughout these different companies there's always been a very much a struggle not only physically with trying to have the look where i'll fit in and stand fit in and stand out in the company i know it doesn't make sense but yeah Fit in with the product and the brand, but stand out from the roster. Sure. It's a very, very thin line. Um, it's gone from, you know, overtraining because of the emotional aspect as well of not getting pushed and working even harder to try to get noticed. That's been a theme through every single company that I've ever been through. And then as I got older, it was really a lot more body weight, bands, yoga, um, outdoor workouts try to get a free tan and and a lot of stuff and and the funny part is like my my warm-up before a match especially in tna because i wanted to get outside there were so many politics and bullshit and especially after hogan and bischoff came in it was just it was different it was very political it reminded me of wwe so i would go outside in the afternoon and work out but i would do like a full workout right before my match so i would be as oh. vascular it was, it was stupid, Mike. It was so stupid. Because <laughs> you know what I have afterwards? I would have a shake and a Gatorade. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I would starve myself because I was on the road. And yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, there was no per diems or you didn't pay for sure. uh, hotels or anything. So yeah. it was very much like trying to save money that way. Um, I don't, and this is going to be, people are going to, it's not going to help my resistance. No, it might help my programs. I literally didn't think or didn't even know how to train scientifically or logically or non-emotionally until I was completely done with wrestling and had my fitness brand. Mm, yeah. All the mitigating and outside factors always screwed up my head so sure. much to where I was all, you know, I'm great at wrestling with less is more with training more is more and even more is even better. Yeah, and I was sure. just so emotionally attached to the high of the workouts because sure. let me just finish with this. 
wrestling, just like the YouTube and the podcast and everything we're doing here, wrestling wasn't fulfilling me creatively and it wasn't fulfilling me emotionally, mentally, physically, even my shouldn't spiritually, but you know what I mean? There was no fulfillment on any level. So I doubled and tripled and quadrupled down on, on the workouts because it was the only thing I could control. Yeah. The only thing that I could no no agent's gonna tell me you can't do four sets of this or you can't do an hour of cardio. Only I can limit myself. Sure. Sure. So I guess it was counteracting the negativity, toxicity, and the limited thinking when it was thought creatively towards my character in wrestling. Does any of that make sense? Oh, I dude, it makes total sense. Fucking crazy. I was just yeah. crazy. Well, before before you said that it was because you you could control it, like that's what I was thinking in my head. Well, he did all that because he couldn't control it. Like that was the one thing that he could control in this process. Yeah. You couldn't control how you were booked. You couldn't control what stories you got. You couldn't control the mat. You know, you couldn't control that. You could control the mood, the stuff in the match, but even that, to a certain extent, is controlled a little bit. So at least with the your fitness, you could control it. And so obsessively, so much, you probably dove into that control. And so yeah, it makes total sense. That's that. That's what you would do. So but it okay. Also so made me insane. And, and yeah. And one other point, just just quickly, because this is this is the one thing for you, any active wrestler, whether you've been in the business one day or thirty years, and you haven't realized this because it took me forever. And this kind of training is even harder. Being emotionally, mentally, and in some cases, if you believe, spiritually disciplined. Mm. Not just physically. What I'm saying is if you take nothing else away from what I'm telling you in life too, you have to learn how to separate how you're being treated in a situation and not take it personally. In other words, there was a shift in my mindset and it made me a hundred times happier and a hundred times more, I guess, Zen, like Mm. really just calmed me down a lot was when I realized they're not trying to destroy Michael Manna. They're not trying to destroy the person, Michael Manna. They, they aren't disrespecting me as a person. I could very easily say they were. They're disrespecting and they're trying to destroy some character. Sure. Stringy sure. Richards, Dr. Stevie, Steven, whatever you want to call it. Once I realized that and I could separate and compartmentalize my real life from the phony world of wrestling... Mm. Or, like you said, control the credible things that I could, the tangent things yeah. that I could control. Yeah. Then I'm better off. And mentally, if I knew that day one, my whole career probably would have been a lot different. Sure. I took sure. things way too personally because I cared, because I'm obsessed yeah. with it. I wanted to be successful, but it nearly destroyed me multiple times in my life. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a piece that that younger wrestlers don't don't realize is is important. And from a training aspect, the mental training part of it is almost as as hard as the probably harder than the the physical aspect. Like anybody go lift some weights and run, get in cardio shape, but the training aspect for the mental side is tough because as especially as a new person, you don't know you don't know what you don't know, you don't know what's appropriate, you don't know how to act, you don't know you know, you're so worried, your your sphincters clenched and all the time. Generation wrestlers, that's why we're saying we went in blind into the business. Yeah. 
We yeah. don't have any benefit of anything. So there's a steep learning curve. Right. You don't know anybody in the business. Totally, totally. And I feel like it's a lot different now than it was when you broke in and then when I broke in. And and even now it's, it's a little different because the business is more exposed. And so people have a, a little more insight. It's easier for for non second generation people to find out and to hear stories and all this kind of stuff. So it's, it's a little bit easier to get into it, uh, which is good and bad, <laughs> but it's, you know, like, yeah, that mental piece is something that really affected me over the years too, because you're, I was constantly searching for approval, constantly searching for, for that from the promoter or whatever. And you should, cause the promoter's the promoter. They're the one that's paying the bills and you know, they book the stories and you got to do your job. Your job is to just show up and do the work. Don't worry about like how you think you should be booked. They're paying the bills. They're the one that's the promoter. So you got to do what you got to do, but also know that if that promoter books you in a situation that you just don't really, that feels like you're getting crapped on or whatever it's not a reflection of you the person it's the just what that promoter wanted you know and getting being able to separate like you said the your personal life from your character life is is a huge part of the training that comes in it but it's not something that happens right away because as you're new in the in the wrestling business you take everything personally <laughs> so the more you could separate it the better it is you know and it, the training piece too you know like the if you can separate and focus on the things that you can control, I think that's huge in, in everything, not just wrestling. You focus on the things you can control. If you're training to train for a race, if you're training for a 5K, if you're training for a Spartan race, if you're training for a CrossFit competition, whatever it is that you're training for, focus on the things that you can control and train for that. And I think in wrestling, it's the same way. Focus on the things that you can control that you know you're going to, going to need for the ring. And then it's going to make the actual thing that you're doing a much more enjoyable experience at least that's what i've found over the years is the better shape i'm in for the matches the funner and easier the matches are yeah and physically mentally though that is the hard part of wrestling if you're going to train to be a wrestler you got to get your mind right because I, i'm convinced too like obviously the physical toll that it took on these people is one thing but just as much or if not more of the, the wrestlers that have died by 40 or even way too young, no matter what it is, I, I'm convinced it was just not being mentally prepared for how messed up the business can be. And there yeah. were two of those people too that didn't have a clue. And yeah. and I just basically kept my head down, worked as hard as I could and didn't put myself in certain situations or myself in certain situations that could get me in trouble, get me, put me down a road of addiction and other things and all that stuff. There's very much a way of just locking your room, playing video games and going to the gym in the morning can literally save your life. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. So, so anyway, is there anything else training wise? Like, would you say like now say, we're talking about the, uh, you know, the black and the brave school, you see it mm -hmm. firsthand when you go there and work with them and then you could do the shows for them. So you see how these, somebody walks in from, nothing and then you kind of see them go into their first set of matches how how's it changed and the world has completely changed and now we have a generation that's offended it and takes everything personally so sure. how how do you see that being dealt with in a school like that where you kind of have to before it was just like i don't give a damn what you think or feel about anything sure bump bump yeah 
bump again. But yeah. can you do that today, or is it different? Um, I would say that it's still a little bit like uh, when you come to the school, like you're here for a reason and you're going to do what is, is being told. I mean, I don't run the school. I don't, I'm not in charge of it. You know, the Merrick brave and uh, Seth Rollins are the, it's their school. And so Seth is there quite a bit. I mean, he's not there all the time because his WWE schedule, but he's there as much as he can be. And then uh, Merrick and, and Matt run the rest of the practices when, when he's not there. And, they're old school guys They're They broke in when I did, they've been around for 20 years. So it's very much so no, you're doing what we're doing. What it's, there's not, they don't really like coddle people at all. You they're know, no you safe know. spaces or, you know, not really, you know, like they're respectful and they're nice and they, and they, they gen genuinely care for the students and stuff. But at the same time, Merrick brave, uh, he didn't put up with anybody's crap and he's been that way his, his whole wrestling career. He just didn't put up with crap. Even when he was young and breaking in, he didn't put up with anybody's crap. He had a, that swagger about him. Right. And so like he's that way now. And with the students, he's very much so he runs a tight ship and you're going to do what he says. And I don't, I don't know how he breaks them in the first couple of weeks. Cause I've actually, I I've been to some of the trainings, but not a lot. And so, and I usually it's in the end, if I ever go. And so the trainings in the beginning, I don't know how they break a man and get them over it, but they do lose a lot within the first couple of weeks because these kids show up thinking they're just arms on their friend's shoulder. <laughs> I'm going to be arrested. Well, yeah, they're thinking it's a joke or not, not, not a joke. So, so much as it, they're thinking they're just going to be able to waltz right in yeah. and be successful. And they're like, how hard can it be? And they don't realize the actual expectations that they should be fulfilling before they get in the ring. And so the one thing that I would say to anybody trying to break into this and there's, you know, black and brave, and there's plenty of other wrestling schools across the country now, but black and brave is booked. They're filling their classes for 2025 right now. So they have all of the rest of the rest of this year booked. They have all of 2024 filled and they're booking for 2025 now. So for everyone that's in, uh, that's going to be coming in the, in the future, get in shape now. You know, like you said that you wish you would have hired somebody for six weeks to get you to learn how to lift weights and, and stuff early on in your career. Well, all the wrestlers that want to, anybody who wants to be a wrestler, take that initiative ahead of time to show up to training in shape and get yourself in shape now so that when you get to class or you get into the training, you're already in shape because that's the hardest part. It's hard enough to get in there and learn to take a bump and learn to throw strikes and learn to do all these things. And it's a physical enough toll on your body. But if you're a hundred pounds overweight and got no cardiovascular shape whatsoever, it's even harder, you know, so set yourself up for success. And so if, for any new wrestlers breaking in, and this is the same thing, uh, not just in wrestling, it's in, in any thing that you're going to get ready for, get in shape for the skills that you need, because when it comes time to actually pursue that, like you were talking about with boot camp. It's going to be hard enough while you're there, but if you show up not in shape, it's going to kill you, right? And so, yeah. they, like, same thing with with my tryout. Like, I showed up not in shape, and it whooped my butt. It was already going to be hard, and then the fact that I came in unprepared made it that much harder. And so, the the one thing that the Black and Brave School does is they have a gym in the ring. And so, there's uh, a full CrossFit gym next to the ring. And... Uh, when the wrestlers are are in the school, they get access to that gym pretty much anytime they want. Not 24-7, but it's open all day. And they can come work out every day. 
They don't have it. It's not an additional thing. It's not an additional cost. It's all part of the training program that they get. And so they, but they do CrossFit workouts. And so they have programmed CrossFit workouts for these guys to do. There's uh, coaches who actually lead the classes for the wrestlers to come in and go to class. So they have training, then they, they have physical training plus their in ring training that they do. And so do that before you get there, <laughs> you know, like CrossFit to me, I feel is a incredible mimic of what it is to be in a wrestling ring because in a wrestling ring, it's not just one static movement all the time. You're moving around and you've got different movements. It's varied all the time, depending on who you're in the ring with. You might be lifting a heavy guy. You might be lifting a light guy. You might not be lifting anybody. You might be flying around. You might have to be do gymnastic movements. You might have to do fl flip bumps. You know, all the things that you got to do, you're learning control of your body. And in the CrossFit world, they're teaching you to be physically strong. They're teaching you to have good cardiovascular, but then they're also teaching you gymnastic movements so that you can learn control of your body. And so I really think CrossFit, CrossFit's true CrossFit is great for just overall health and wellness, but for, for professional wrestling, it's, it's, as close to getting to mimicking in-ring work as, as you can. And I mean, Seth Rollins is a perfect example of that. He's one of the most in shape can work with anybody guys right now. And he's done CrossFit for how many years and that's all he ever does. And so I just think that for wrestlers training in that space, CrossFit is a great way to get ready and then also carry you through uh, your wrestling career for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that'd be great. I know here's a little political uh, tip for you. If they do have any gym membership fees for non-wrestlers, go there for a month or two before you plan on going to the school. Mm. Show them that you're committed to getting in shape and you're in the system and you're getting, you say, I want to train here at this school because you have a CrossFit instructor. I want to do it the right way. Yeah, I sure. See that. I can't see them saying no to that, especially if you're already booked to be in a, in a future class. Yeah. Yeah. The gym's not open to the public. You have to be booked in as a, a in the class or in a class you in, you have to have gone through the school or be booked into the school. I don't know if they let people come in early, but they get so many people from all over the country that I'm most of them don't. trouble at your school now. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> Everybody but, show up. Yeah. That's said it's okay. <laughs> He did that one time and just got a bunch of random people showing up. Did he say, ah, come on down. He did the old Ric Flair on the hotel promo. Uh, he did a, uh, uh, it was, a, he posted on Instagram a while back about how he was, uh, he, it said people are welcome to come down and cause apparently some people came down and he was maybe a little rude to him and sent him away. And then he then posted something to get, to let everybody know, hey, you can stop in. <laughs> and so for a while, can there was I some... even stop in after he big like me. <laughs> and he invite me just once. No, you're not welcome. <laughs> oh, my mission uh, oh, one thing you should here's here's one thing, and this probably goes along with the CrossFit. The one thing you want to be an expert at and be able to do in an unlimited fashion are Hindu squats. Sure. Do not, do not body weight squats, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Do 500 Hindu squats every day. Mm -hmm. and if you're saying that's crazy, I can't do 500 Hindu squats every day. Well, get ready. Cause if you want to go to wrestling school, you're going to be doing 500 Hindu squats 
every day. And then that's the beginning. Then you're going to run. I'm sure they have them running like a couple miles. You're going to be, if you're not in shape, you're going to be completely spent before you even take your first bump sure. in the ring. And that's not an initial, like just that first day or week or month. If as long as you're at the wrestling school, you're starting off with 500 Hindu squats, push-ups, sit-ups, like shoulder roll drills before you even do anything fun. Yeah. And yeah. you can even take a bump for a month. Some guys don't even want you in the yeah. ring until you're in condition. Sure. Sure. And it, you know, when I first started, I was like, why am I doing all these squats? Why are these so important? Why does this matter? But then it, 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 it got explained to me and the, the, the principles of it are, are sound and it makes a lot of sense. And, and you and I both talk about having a strong foundation and anything that you're going to do, you want to build a strong foundation and specifically in fitness, nutrition, whatever it's focusing on the fundamentals and the foundation and in wrestling, the foundation is having strong legs because when you're working with someone, you've got to be able to make sure that they, you can protect that person. If you're picking me up, you better be able to carry me and not drop me on my head. Right. I don't want to trust that you're out of shape and that you can't, you can't hold 270, 70 pounds on your shoulder. Right. And so the principles of doing all those squats and getting yourself in shape are very sound because it's a way that it sets a certain foundational level of what's important in wrestling the the moves are cool don't get me wrong they're fun but safety is the priority and making sure we're taking care of each other so that we can come back and wrestle the next week or the next day is important and if, if you're not in good shape and if you're not strong your legs aren't strong you're not going to have a good foundation to do any of that stuff if you have weak legs you're not going to have a good base for people to do cool moves you're not going to be able to hold guys you're going to fall over and it's going to be it's going to look like crap and then that's when people get hurt and so the principles are sound the foundation is key. No matter what you do, specifically in professional wrestling, you got to have a strong foundation of fitness. But they do suck. Oh, yes. They suck <laughs> terribly. <laughs> mm, the worst. Two things I, two things I will especially, I, except my own garage gym, two things I would never do after I'm done, like the business at all, is Hindu squats and setting and breaking the ring down, setting up from breaking. Oh, sure. Yeah. Two of the got to do them. I'm fine. I did them, yeah. but I'm well. I'll help out if somebody needs an extra hand with one of the beams or something. Sure. But I'm not like there's a there's a there's a really like anxious, dirty sweat that happens when I look at a ring being broken down. If I was at a show, I'm like I don't, I don't want any part of that. Yeah. No, I hear you there. <laughs> I know I Luckily, got a bad attitude. Yeah, it took me 31 years to have a bad attitude. Or hey, know, no, no, I'll that's wait, fine. Not what you want. Screw that. I, I feel the same way. I've only I've been in 20 years, and I when I look at a ring, it's like uh, I'll do it if I have to. If I have to, I will do it. And I I can remember a few years back, uh, a buddy of mine, we the two of us uh, set up a ring. No, tore down tore down the ring just the two of us in less than 30 minutes. And I was like, damn, we were humping it. Right. So it was pretty good. So I've done it. Don't get me wrong. I've set up plenty, set up and tear down plenty of rings in my time. Uh, but it's not something 20 years in that I feel like I have to do all the time. <laughs> well, that, goes along, that goes along with the mental discipline because you're going to be yeah. tested like that. You're going to be, mm -hmm. you're going to have to do, and, and this is another bit of advice for the mental part of it, which turns out it will benefit you physically. If you're willing to do, like I said, ethically, because anything I've ever done, 
you know, I was asked to do certain things at certain times. And I said, no, it probably cost me money and other things. And certain things I did agree to, I should have said no to like the dress and the wig, but I got to bring that up once in a while. <laughs> but at the core of everything, for the most part, I would say outside of that one, I just told you maybe one or two other things. When I was willing and able to take something less than optimal and most times something that no one else wanted to do and I got it over to some extent, it actually gave me credibility within the company that we can give him anything and he's sure. at least going to do his best to make it work and sure. he's not going to complain. There's yeah. a big thing to be said for your attitude. Not That's the mental discipline, your attitude about what you're looking at. If you connect that attitude of wanting to voluntarily do a lot of what other guys that are too proud to do, mm -hmm. talking about setting the ring up, breaking it down, cleaning up, putting stuff in the garbage, way being the last one there, first one to show up, things like that. Even driving people and getting food orders or doing whatever you can to show that you're willing to pay your dues. Mm -hmm. My God, you're going you're gonna to earn so much respect so quickly as long as you stay honestly and authentically respectful and you're not just doing it to kiss ass yeah. people are going to see that and you are going to have a career just as blessed as i did sure because that's the attitude i have and people can kind of you know look down on it or think i wasn't a top guy or anything like that but i learned so many life business and any other type of categorized lesson that you can think of that is carrying me through this next exciting chapter of my life and my brand. So yeah. I, I don't regret a thing about that because it's made me the man I am today. So yeah. you're never too good for anything. Remember that because it could lead to even greater stuff by doing the ship work. That's spot on, man. And I think that's, that's one difference between some of the wrestlers now versus how it was when, when you got in and when I got in is, there was a, there's a different level of willingness to do whatever it takes because there's an entitlement behind it. But I think that is a lesson, just like you said, that it has taught you so much about just life in general. I think that's something that every professional wrestler wannabe right now needs to take to heart is you've got to put in the work and pay your dues. But it's not just professional wrestling. That's everything that you want to accomplish in life. You've got to pay your dues. You can't be a fitness influencer if you're not in shape and not living the lifestyle. You can't be uh, a top CEO of a company if you haven't put in the work to understand how that company works and build it, right? You can't build a massive whatever you want to build if you don't know how to talk to people and build relationships. And so there's paying your dues is such a important piece of accomplishing anything that you want in life. And then when you pay your dues, now you've got all the experience and you've learned all the things so that you can be that person on the other side that's now sharing, you know, like you and I right now, we're, we've paid dues in the world of professional wrestling. So we can talk to younger guys, but if we'd never paid our dues, <laughs> Who the hell are we to go talk to younger guys about how to do this? 
you and I've paid our dues in the fitness world. We've been in the fitness world for a long time. We've, we've done a lot. And so if we came on here and had never been in the fitness industry, never done anything with fitness, never had any of this, people would just laugh and be like, why, who the hell are these guys trying to think they can have a podcast talking about fitness? So the mentality and the training for professional wrestling, just getting yourself in that mental headspace. Okay. I got to pay my dues for a little while. Be patient, pay my dues. And with everything, pay your dues, be patient and then reap the rewards. And it takes a little bit of time to, to get past that dues paying period. And then once you show up, you're respectful, you're consistent. Uh, I say a lot of times boring consistency brings exciting results. Same thing in wrestling. You're boringly consistent. You're going to get exciting results. And over time, the more you show up, the more you pay your dues, the more results you're going to get. And that carries over into every other aspect of your life. If you really want to get what you want, pay your dues, help enough other people get what they want, and then you'll get what you want. Well, we, I'll, I'll say this too. There's an extension of that that I'll talk about in a second because it, it extends not just when you're a young trainee or a young wrestler or new to you know, a particular locker room, but you and I, even with our experience and even what we're doing here, we're starting over. We're paying mm, our yeah. dues. We have this show. We're trying to make it work. We have our brand. And what we talk about before and after, even during the week, is not how awesome our brands are and how we're killing it or crushing it or <laughs> doing whatever saying sure. there is in the hustle flow world or whatever they call it. But we point out and we talk about what's missing, sure. what we need to add and how can we improve it. And we're brainstorming this stuff from a place that not that we're somebody, but we're pretty much, we know we're nobodies and we know yeah. the audience doesn't know what we're about and what we're doing. And, we just got to keep showing up, but we're also trying to improve everything. We're going to try to improve the production. Mm. We're going to try to get together and do this in person and add another element. There's a bunch of stuff that we want to do. But going back to the wrestling thing, I just want to give people an example because this can either this can either turn you away and say, screw it, I'm not even going to do it if that's the way my entire career throughout even three decades is going to go. Or you could be like, Oh, okay. That's exciting. If I just stay humble and like you said, boringly consistent, uh, I'll have exciting results. No matter what, even at 51 years old, over 30 years in the business, if I went into the black and the brave wrestling school or your locker room before a show, I'm going around and introducing myself mm -hmm. to everybody. Yeah. If I go to AEW or do something or impact or even just do one night again with WWE where I was at for 10 years. I'm new to the locker room that day. I'm not, I'm not there. I'm not one of the guys yeah. or the girls. So I'm going around and showing I know my place in this locker room right now. Sure. Now, could that be overkill? Could somebody be like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Of course. But sure. it's better to err on the shot side of humility and caution than mm -hmm. sit down and assume that you're over and everybody's going to come up because you're going to give it just starts things off better the other way sure. now, to do authentically and real, which is me. That's great because people can see through your BS. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I would say. It's actually never ending in a way in your attitude to pay your dues and keep trying to improve yourself. If you have that attitude, you'll never get out of control. You'll never have a come to Jesus moment or an intervention where people say you're an asshole. You need to stop. <laughs> You'll, you'll keep yourself in check. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I totally agree. And I, 
couldn't have said it better. I think that's spot on, man. That's great. Right, let's end the show. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, I, 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 I think that's great. Else. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. And I think that the whole conversation about uh, wrestling. Uh, so for those of you who are not wrestling fans, thanks for sticking around with us. But, but, but uh, it should uh, translate. Yeah, yeah exactly. Should, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely should translate to other areas of life because it has translated to our other areas of life. And, and, you know, like, heck, it even has translate to uh, being a father, paying your dues, figuring out how to be a dad, you know, like it, it all translates. Everything that I've learned in wrestling translates to other areas of my life. And so I hope that this was, this was valuable for uh, wrestling. We've got people who want to wrestle. Absolutely. I hope that was valuable, but for non-wrestling fans, I hope, I hope it was valuable as well. Um, that's what we try to do here at the big fitness show is just bring value all the time. And so we are going to continue to do this. We've got some fun episodes planned ahead. We're going to start producing things a little bit better so that there's a little more production quality here. We figured out that, uh, the, the mark from YouTube was just a spam thing that we're not actually getting a mark from YouTube, which is great. I, I, so like I was like an old person. I was like, <laughs> I felt like What's this? Oh my God. Oh, I got to pay a hundred dollars. My computer, it's got a white, it's got a bug in it. I felt so old from that. Oh no. Oh my God. What happened to your camera? You broke it. Oh my God. I couldn't even get the screenshot in time. What? There we go. We'll have to grab that off the recording. I was like, is that Picasso painting with the nightmare thing in the, the, near the bridge? Yeah, I don't know what's going on, man. Lately, my camera has been, I used a a, a battery that's like, a, it's got a, a plug, so it's, it's an adapter. And yeah, so it, it is, I don't know if it's just not, not hitting and it's like falling down. And so I need to get a new one or what, but it's really, um, it's driving me nuts because it's happened a couple of times. All right, we got to bring the T4 show back so I can do my tech, tech uh, <laughs> rants. I've thought about it, by the way. Here's what's going on. You have a micro HDMI uh, port on that DSLR, correct? Not a full yeah. HDMI. Right. Those ports are faulty by design. And that's, it's like a full HDMI port's going to stick in there. That's why I got the Sony a7 IV. Yeah. But the micro it, gravity is always going to, uh. over time, unless you put like a prop up there to keep the cable up, the, the, the micro HDMI, uh, you know, interface is completely flawed uh, so every every camera that's been used for streaming with a dummy battery eventually has that problem it's not even the cable the port starts to come loose sorry that's bad news. great yeah that is bad news but whatever oh well we'll finish the show uh with it today <laughs> and maybe in the future i'll get a new camera so thanks everybody for pissing mike off sorry <laughs> yeah i'm in a bad mood now uh no thanks everybody for tuning into this week's episode of the big fitness show i hope it was valuable uh, like, comment, subscribe. We'd love to hear your feedback on the show. If you got some value out of this or not, follow Stevie on all social media platforms. Stevie Richards Fitness uh, is your handle for most. I know BWO Stevie on Twitter. We're not very active. Their Patreon just went up too. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Check out Stevie's Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Stevie Richards. Yeah, that's a good stuff there. I think the the Patreon is going to be good because you're going to get breakdown of matches. If you haven't seen that, definitely check it out over on Vince Russo's channel. Uh, there's a couple of previews of what's there, but then also go to the Patreon for Stevie. Follow me at Big Mike Barons everywhere, uh, or you can follow my wrestling since I'm still a currently active wrestler at Mason Beck. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you in the next episode.